The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito, and it's a good day for a treasure hunt. Or, so says Pete Bissonnette, who is our special guest today. Pete is author of the book, Breakfast, Tea, and Bourbon. You're probably saying, and what does that have to do with the treasure hunt? We're going to tell you that. And he's also president of the company Learning Strategies. So, Pete, welcome to Leading Conversations. Thank you, Cheryl. Good to be with you. It's great to have you here. Where are you today? In Minneapolis, just outside of Minneapolis, where I live. Ah, so it's still winter in Minneapolis. It's winter, but it's sunshiny, and it is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, awesome. Oh, nice. Those are beautiful, beautiful days there. So, okay, let's just jump into this, Pete, because this title of this book, Breakfast, Tea, and Bourbon, when I first heard it, I thought, well, that must be a really interesting breakfast. <laughs> and then when I read the book, I, heard, I saw a bit why this wasn't necessarily about breakfast. So I want to start with you way back when. Have you been drinking bourbon with your breakfast? <laughs> No, um, if I have anything in the morning, it's probably like Bailey's. It's a little bit creamier, right? (laughs) Uh, A little bit easier on the stomach. Uh, Yeah, so you're president of Learning Strategies, which is a company that really supports the individual person developing their intuition and their sense of self and really supporting that self-development. You've been president of this company for a really long time, and I can only think that the reason that you may have started this company is that you yourself became interested in your own personal development, and I'm curious if your interest in this field started as a young kid or in your teens or as a young adult. Where, where did this come from for you? Okay, are you ready for kind of a freaky story? Okay. Okay, so when I was four years old, I walked into the kitchen with my notebook, and the notebook was just a piece of cardboard folded over, and I couldn't write, I just scribbled. Mom's doing the dishes. And I said, Mom, after I go to college, and she looked at me, college, where did I get the idea of that? And I said, Mom, I'm going to use computers. And now this was 1959, she says, computers? 
And uh-huh. I said, and I'm going to be putting on parades and carnivals. And then when I turn 30, I'm going to start working with the human mind. So I then fast forward to college. I go to college. I graduate from college. I buy an Apple II computer, a serial number 14,000. So it's one of the first ones that came out. Wow. And I started putting on golf tournaments, tennis tournaments, um, roller derby, professional wrestling, so on and so forth. It was the parades and carnivals that I told mom about when I was four years old. And then when I turned 30, I met Paul Sheely, who is the co-founder of Learning Strategies, and that became, that started the adventure of working with the human mind and helping people with their own personal growth and helping them maximize their own potential. Now, I had always been interested in it all my life, but it was really when I turned 30, that's when everything came together. And the reason it happened then Besides the fact, you know, that I had this prophecy back when I was four years old, is that Paul was developing this idea of photo reading where you can go through a book as fast as you can turn the pages. And when he called me up and he told me about that, I said, Paul, if that's for real, it's time for career change. Let's go to this. Wow. So you, you knew right away. I knew right away. Uh, yeah. Instantly and immediately. Yeah. And the other well, thing that's, that's interesting, Cheryl, is that when we go back to when I was a kid, one of the, I had yeah. the biggest sandbox in the neighborhood, right? All these Tootsie toys and Tonka toys to play with. But one of the, one of the um, stipulations for friends to play in my sandbox was that they had to play in my other sandbox in the house where we played publisher. And what publisher <laughs> was, we'd sit around uh, at TV, with TV trays in front of us. I had this little toy vault on my TV tray. Mom gave us magazines, and we all circled the dots on the I's and the J's and the periods. We'd do that for about a half an hour, then we'd go out and play in the sandbox. Now, again, that was when I was four years old, and it turns out Learning Strategies is a publishing company. Okay, you're right. This is a really weird story. So, <laughs> I mean, so when you were four, did you know, or even when you were seven or nine or ten, did you know this was not normal for most kids? No, I, 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 no, I didn't. It was for me. It was normal, and that's what was right. happening. And I had forgotten about uh, what I had told mom until she reminded me a couple months after um, Paul and I got together for learning strategies, and then mm. it's like. It all came flooding back. That's amazing. That's, and she sounds like she was very supportive. Oh, completely supportive, yeah. Supportive all the way and just so intrigued. As a matter of fact, Mom was one of our best, I want to say customers, because I gave her everything, but she used the paraliminals. She practiced Qigong every day. She photo-read. She read more books than probably anybody else in town. So she, was, she really was into the materials that we had, which probably had something, you know, there's probably some DNA connection there someplace, huh? Right, right. It sounds like it. And so what about the rest of your family? <laughs> the rest of the family, uh, I have a couple of nephews who are really into this kind of stuff, and all the other ones just kind of smile and tolerate me and say, okay, that's Uncle Pete, or that's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh. So, so fast forward, you are now working with Paul Sheely, who is also equally creative to you. And Paul is has developed this this 
amazing process to speed read or photo read, as you say. And there, there's more. There's more. So what happens after that? After, um, after what? After Paul and I got together for photo reading? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what we did, um, the photo reading process is a very unusual process of stimulating your non-conscious mind to be able to go through books as fast as you can turn the pages at 25,000 words a minute. And what happens is the photo reading and all of the programs that we do they're unique in that we help you stimulate your non-conscious mind, your other-than-conscious mind, your subconscious mind, to tap into those resources so that you can do things that some people will think are superhuman. But in reality, these are all capabilities that any of us have. So, for example, photo reading is one of them, and we teach that through a home study course, through seminars. But we have a line of audio programs, too, which is you know, super popular. They're called paraliminal. So subliminal means below the threshold of conscious awareness. Paraliminal means beyond the threshold of conscious awareness. And they're basically ways to stimulate your inner mind to learn new strategies for what's going on in your life, in your world. That's where our company name comes from, learning strategies. It's about learning new strategies. It's not about reprogramming the mind, even though sometimes that's what it, it may seem like. When you listen to a paraliminal, each one's about 20 minutes long, and you hear a voice in each ear speaking to different parts of your brain. The voice in the left ear usually brings you uh, guided visualizations or metaphors that are designed to stimulate your creative right brain, and the voice in the right ear will bring you through more logical, analytical processes, neuro-linguistic programming processes designed to stimulate your left brain. So you get your whole mind involved in the learning process. You as a listener, you just kind of zone out and just kind of go with the flow or the rhythm of the music and the voices and allow your other-than-conscious mind to learn these new strategies for doing everything from improving your memory to being free from anxieties to learning new behaviors to activating the law of attraction. We have dozens and dozens of different 20-minute programs like this to help you with almost any area of your life. It sounds like we need to completely throw out what is the basic education of kids and <laughs> simply teach them this. You know, I, I mean, really, I mean, think about the the need for today for for children to really develop a way to see the world versus um, memorizing dates of certain historical events and, you know, on and on. Because, you know, the, the Internet knows everything. You have access to every, all the information. You don't have to memorize those things. And if you have this skill, then you can go in and read it, and it stays, right? So, yeah. Yeah. so I mean, I would love to see this introduced to young people. Have you worked with kids with this? With this process? Yeah, we have, and there have been a variety of schools that have used the system. It, you know, the school system is really challenging to um, yeah. bring changes in. But um, our programs are designed for probably ages 13 and above. Below mm. age 13, it's so easy for a kid to learn this stuff. They don't need to be our programs in, in our programs. Right. 
the, you know, the, the learning development of an individual shifts as, you know, they hit around age 13. So um, the interesting thing is that if somebody who's in their 40s goes through the photo reading seminar and maybe they have their um, kid with them who's like in their teens, the kid will always do better than the adult. Because a kid yeah. doesn't have those tapes flowing around in the head that you can't possibly do this. You've got to slow down. This is ridiculous. On and on. Whereas the adults have all of that. The kids are more, you know, they're this, this chalkboard of possibility and they're ready to, yeah. to learn and to embrace anything. Well, that is so true. It's true with languages. I'm sure there's the same principle happening here. So this gives me hope for the younger generation. So, you know, it's like there's more possibility for them. Um, so let's fast forward to the book. Yeah. So now you have been president of learning strategies for many, many years. You have brought in many teachers who are focused on personal development, either, you know, some of the Eastern philosophies or some of the teachings that are not the norm. And this organization, Learning Strategies, has been immensely successful. And so clearly there's a market for this. And, you know, I don't see you guys out there doing a whole lot of marketing. I don't see you, you know, doing a whole lot of advertising, and yet people find you. And, you know, what do you think this attraction is? Well, there's, there's this, a group of people who are out there who understand that there is more to life than meets the eyes. They're not willing just to take everything as it's dished out to them. And they're out there seeking new ways and more effective ways of doing things. So we're able to find them. And we do spend quite a bit on um, advertising and marketing, though, you know, you probably you don't see it. And um, over the years, you know, we've been on radio, we've been on TV, we've been everywhere with right. it. But now, primarily, we find our new clients either through conversations like this with, with you or um, through direct mail. We do a lot of direct mail. And then we have lots of different um, partners and um, people who have businesses on the Internet who refer people to us. So it's always, you know, we're always able to find people. And the people who raise their hands, you know, like they say, they're the ones who are open to the greater possibilities. There's got to be a better way to do this. There's got to be a more efficient way to learn. There's got to be a way to take care of my emotions, to um, get over this particular crisis or this challenge that I have. And that's what we're here to help people with. So have there been challenges in your life that, you know, other than being four years old and knowing you were going to do something that was out of the ordinary, um, have you had challenges in your own life that drew you to wanting to know more about your personal self and your psyche and how to manage your emotions? No, not really. Um, It's always been fascinating for me. You know, with our clients... um, uh, about 75% of our clients come to us because they have a challenge in their life or they have a problem that they'd like to resolve. And about mm-hmm. 25% come to us because they are just really interested in this stuff and they're fascinated by the workings of the human mind. And that's where I was. I was really interested in this 
you know, ever since oh, when I started to buy books back in my, my teens and 20s, I became really, really fascinated with it. And the interesting thing is, um, the, when it comes to the, the different paraliminals that we have for working with the different challenges, when Paul Sheely and I were first creating these, and now Paul is the subject matter expert. He's the, the guru, if, the will, if you will. He's the expert with neurolinguistic programming, accelerated learning, preconscious processing. These are the technologies of human development that are at the core of what we do. He's the one who can put it all together and, and figured it all out. But what happened was, when we first started creating the paraliminals, we came up with titles, we came up with programs that Paul and I wanted to use ourselves. And at mm. some point, you know, we were able to deal with the different issues or the challenges that we had in our own lives. And so then over the years, as more and more paraliminals came out, you know, we would use them on a regular basis. So, you know, we're kind of like heading, heading things off. So, the, the, you know, we all have, you know, the challenges because you never know what life is going to dish up. But it's how mm-hmm. you respond to them. And Paul and I both respond to these things very nicely and thanks in part to our ability to, to walk our talk and to use our own programs. And I see that in both of you, and it's beautiful. So our listeners are probably wondering what this has to do with breakfast, tea, and bourbon. <laughs> we're going to tell you, we're going to tell you when we come back after this message. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations with my special guest, Pete Bissonette, whose latest project is the book Breakfast Tea and Bourbon. Now, Breakfast Tea and Bourbon was released yesterday, and at, what was it, 5.08 p.m. Central Time? And so there's a very specific reason for that time, I'm sure. Um, And... You know, you, you said, well, today's a good day for a treasure hunt. So what does this have to do with breakfast tea and bourbon? Okay, so what I did, Cheryl, is I hid a treasure, a physical treasure, somewhere in the United States. And then I wrote the novel, Breakfast Tea and Bourbon, which is about five best friends on a treasure hunt. And woven between the lines of the story are hints and clues that will lead you, the reader, to where I hid the treasure. You find the treasure, you give it to me, and I'll give you $50,000. $50,000? Cash. Yep. Okay. This is, this is as strange as the four-year-old. So what is this $50,000? Yeah. So it, it's the treasure. So you find um, the treasure. It's something that we had, had handcrafted. It fits beautifully with the story. When you see it, you're going to get so excited, you'll get goosebumps all over the place because you'll recognize how it fits in with the story, and it's something that you would want to have yourself. Then you um, bring it to me, and I'll give you the 50000 bucks, and you have a choice. I can either give you 50,000 U.S. dollar coins, or I can write you out a check. Now, 50,000 U.S. dollar coins, that weighs almost a half a ton. If you Whoa. would take it on the airplane you'd have to have 16 pieces of luggage to get below the weight limits of the airline. <laughs> so you'll probably want to have Jack. Well, that's uh, probably a good idea. So, yeah. okay, you, you said that you first buried the treasure and then you wrote the book. So where did this idea come from of burying the treasure and then writing a book? Well, it all started because in the summer of 2013, so a couple of years ago, I kind of had this need to shake up my life. And my life is great. You know, I have everything about my life is so good, but I just kind of felt this, this jiggling inside of me to do something different. And mm. so that's when I got the idea to, to do the book. And, you know, Cheryl, you and I belong to an organization called the Transformational Leadership Council. And we were at lunch in July of 2013 at La Jolla, and everybody is sitting around the table and talking about their books and asking me, when are you going to write a book? And I said, I have no interest in writing a book. You guys have the best advice books that are out there. I got nothing to add to it. You guys keep writing. Then I remember just kind of sitting there going, hmm, maybe, maybe I'll write a book. Maybe it'll be a novel. And so then it started to unfold like that. When I decided to do the treasure hunt, the first thing I did is I printed out a gigantic map off of Google, and I taped all the pages together, United States. I set it down on a table in front of me. I shut my eyes. I twirled my fingers in the air, and then went, and it pointed to a spot on the map. 
That's where I decided to hide the treasure. The next step was, well, what do I do? <laughs> you know, okay, I know where I'm going to hide the treasure. So, you know, right. breakfast team bourbon, I like bourbon, right? So what I did is I sat down and invited a bunch of my imaginary friends together in kind of like of a meditation to, to th- and uh, a, a bourbon um, tasting party to kind of figure out what do I go, you know, where do I go from here? And that turned out to be the beginning of the story. So a bunch of my imaginary friends at a bourbon tasting party. The next day, they're out on a treasure hunt. They rent an old dilapidated RV, and they're off on the adventure to find their treasure. And then what I had to do is to figure out, how am I going to get people in real life involved with both the novel so that they enjoy the novel and also the treasure hunt in such a way that if somebody doesn't really want to do the treasure hunt, they just want to read the novel, it's a great story. And the treasure hunt doesn't get in the way of the story, but at the same time, somebody can go searching for the treasure if they'd like to. And that was the adventure for me. So you said imaginary friends. You mean you were imagining them at the table? Oh, yeah, I closed my eyes. I, you know, I do meditation all the time. and So I just closed yeah. my eyes, and I just imagined um, these people at a party at my place, and um, I just took it from there. And what was interesting was that when I first started the party, there were, in my mind, there were probably about oh, 20 different people, but there were just five of them who ended up going on the treasure hunt. And those are the people that ended up becoming the main characters in the story. And it all started because I had these imaginary friends in my mind. I love this. It sounds like you were actually, you had regressed to a child and tapped into your imagination that very often gets buried as people grow up. Yeah. You know, it sounds like, your mom was so supportive of you that you were able to continue to nurture that part of yourself and be open to things in life that maybe the mainstream didn't necessarily pay attention to. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? And, you know, at here at Learning Strategies, that's what we've been helping people do for the last four decades is to activate, to find those inner treasures, those inner treasures of creativity, of resourcefulness, of ingenuity, because when you use those, when you activate them, bring them up in your life, you can accomplish any goal that you have or any ambition that you have. It doesn't matter whether it's, you know, you want to write a novel or start a business, build a house, take a vacation, build a fa- you know, grow a family. Um, whatever goal you have, you bring up those resources and it, it makes everything so much easier. But the challenge that we have is getting off the couch and doing something about it, you know, taking responsibility for what's going on in our lives. And so that kind of became, you know, an undercurrent with the treasure hunt because, you know, here I am dangling a pot of gold at you to get you off the couch in order to find the treasure. You have to use creativity, resourcefulness, ingenuity, right? And as you're using it to find the treasure, guess what? It spills over into all parts of your life. And so that's how it kind of fits into everything that we're doing here at Learning Strategies because it's about activating those inner resources. But I got to tell you, Cheryl, when I first started the book, that was not my intention. My intention was just to write a novel and to have fun. But because this is what I've been doing for the last four decades, it just kind of happened. 
That's really fascinating. So what is the buried treasure we're looking for? I know what we get if we find it, but what is it we're looking for? Oh, I can't tell you what that is. <gasps> Why? But here's, what, here's what I can promise you, though, is that when you okay. see it, you're going to know beyond the shadow of the doubt there won't even be any um, idea that that is not the treasure whatsoever. You're going to see that, and you're going to go, <gasps> that's it. And then you're so going to actually something tangible. It's totally tangible. Yeah, it is absolutely beautiful. It's tangible. It's something that we had made here, and that um, I hid. And as a matter of fact, on our on our website for breakfast tea and bourbon dot com is uh, we have a, a a video available of me hiding the treasure. So when you watch that, you'll get an idea of, ooh, the size of it and where it is, so on and so forth. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, That's giving us a lot of good hints here. So you want the the biggest hints Our listeners are writing it down. Yeah. So here's how you find the treasure, right? First of all, there's going to be one of two types of people who find the treasure. It's either going to be somebody who is really into puzzles and riddles and wants to figure the whole thing out, unravel the mystery, or it's going to be somebody who reads the book, enjoys the book, and then in thinking about the book afterwards, begin, they begin to put two and two together, and they say, you know, I think I know where the treasure is. Because mm. what happens in the book your first step, if you want to solve it, if you want to find the treasure, is you have to figure out where it is. You know, what city is it nearby? And when you find out what city that it's nearby, then you just follow what the characters in the book do, and you'll get within six inches of where the treasure is. So my hunch is that someone's going to read the book, and they're going to end up thinking, you know, I think I know what city it's nearby. And the reason is, is that there's at least a dozen different ways to get to that particular city, to, to figure it out, because there's so many different types of clues that are wo- woven through the story. And I think someone's going to find it that way. That's pretty fascinating. So, okay, so I, in looking at this story, I wondered how much of this is autobiographical? Is there some of this in, of you in this? <laughs> well, you know, it's hard to, to write anything without drawing on parts of your life. So, yeah. yes, um, there are aspects of the book that uh, have come from different experiences that I've had in my life, um, but it is fiction, and all the, you know, those five main characters, they are completely made up. You won't be able to look at any of them and go, oh, this is so-and-so, this is so-and-so. No, no, not, <laughs> not at all. So, but you know, all of your friends. Are in, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know, you're going to see. I guess you'll see aspects of my personality too in my life in those five different characters because it's hard not to. Well, there's a lot of fun that these people have, and it, there's a lot of poignant stories within the story and moments where people have to really draw on their inner strength where they have to share with each other what's going on for them emotionally, personally. Talk a little bit about these characters. Well, you know, the, they're the type of people 
I think that you want to have as your own friends. These are the, you know, so many of the people who have read the advanced uh, review copies of the book before the, the book actually came out, they wrote and they said that these are people they'd like to have over for dinner, that they'd like to have the weekend with, because they're just really sweet and nice people. And, of course, it'd have to be because they were my imaginary friends, right? You know, I don't have any. You know? And I didn't want to have a book with, you know, murders or torture or that kind of stuff. And that's just not part of my life. So um, these people are off on their adventure. And they're real people in that they have stuff that happens in their lives. And it's, it's all about, as you know, we are kind of talking about before, how do you respond to what's going on in your life? And that's one of the things that I really love about fiction. Because, you know, there was just a study that was released earlier this year that showed that people who read fiction tend to have better social connections. They tend to be uh, better adjusted to life. And the reason is they get to see all these different scenarios and these different people in, these, in the novels acting out and living certain ways so it helps them in their own growth and their own way of being in the world. And it is more so with books than it is with television or movies. And I think it's because reading can be such an intimate experience. It's kind of like the paraliminals where you're learning on that really deep level. I think you also learn from books on a really deep level. And that's one of the reasons that in the story, uh, it, it's going to be hard for somebody not to learn on a, on a deep level uh, as a result of watching or uh, experiencing what these five people do in their lives. Mm. So as I look at the promotion for the book and I see this image of these five friends standing next to their bus that they are traveling the country in, and they've all got a drink in their hands, and <laughs> it looks like this is fun. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you know, they're, they're five adults who enjoy a good cocktail, and on the book cover, they're actually, well, we have a couple different book covers, by the way, um, but the book cover for the actual book that came out yesterday, they have glasses of champagne. And they're standing around. And actually, you know, the interesting thing, Cheryl, about this, if you look at those people from left to right, the second from the left is me. Then the next yeah. two the, is Sean from the office. He's one of our coaches. And then Wendy from the office, one of our coaches. And the two guys on the outside, they're just uh, friends of ours. And we, we chose people who had body types that were comparable to people um, in the book. And then we had to Photoshop in the bus but that picture of those people, you know where we took that? They were standing right. on top of my house. Because I, I live in a, on top of my house because I live in an earth-sheltered house, so all of that grass that you see in the book cover, this is the grass that's on my house. Oh. We, wanted that, we wanted to shoot up so that there'd be sky in the background. That was the best place to do it. That's great. So you live in an earth-sheltered house. You're getting more yeah. and more interesting by the moment, Pete. People, people hearing this are going to say, okay, not only do I want to read this book, I want to know more about this man. So uh, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to continue to unravel the mystery of breakfast, tea, and bourbon. We'll be right back.
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Companies today need to understand about mergers and acquisitions, more commonly referred to in the business world as M&A. In Beyond Financials, the people side of mergers and acquisitions, host Sonia Weigel and her guests stress the best practices and capabilities that will help your company to master all of the aspects of M&A so you can ensure a smooth and successful transition. Beyond Financials is broadcast live every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Escobedo with my guest, Pete Bissonnette, the author of the new book, Breakfast Tea and Bourbon. And it's all about a treasure hunt. I know, I know. If you would have to go back. If you're just joining us, go back to the first segment. You'll learn all about this. So, uh, Breakfast Tea and Bourbon, we're continuing to talk about the story. And we ended last segment with you saying that the photo image that is on the cover of the book is five of you, your in this cover, in this shot, and you are actually standing on top of your house. Now, as I look at this, I'm noticing it looks like you're standing in a grass field. So, tell us about the Earth Sheltered House. Yeah, so I, I, I built a house and it's earth sheltered. And the reason I built an earth sheltered house is because as a kid, okay, so we're going back to when we were talking when I was four years old, I either yeah. wanted to live in a cave or wanted to live in a school bus. And I figured, well, maybe when I retire, I'll, I'll get an RV and I'll drive around the country and live in the school bus. And it's interesting that that's on the cover of the book, though, isn't it? You know, that converted RV into a, a converted bus into an RV. And so then I decided to build an earth-sheltered home. I'd always been fascinated by it. And, but what's even more fascinating about it was that I wanted to build it myself. 
And the reason I wanted to build it myself is because one of our programs, which is called the Memory Optimizer that we created here at Learning Strategies, the subject matter expert, the co-author who created the program with Paul Sheely, her name was um, Vera Birkenbeel. And Vera and I were talking, and she said, you know, Pete, if you really want to do something to support your brain so that as you get older, your, your brain stays strong and you won't develop any emotional issues, you won't have any um, dementia issues, you need to take on a project so different from anything else you've ever done, and that will take care of you for life. So I got to thinking, oh, I'll build a house. So I decided I did all the research then for earth-sheltered homes, found the style that I wanted, and then I got all the books on the subject so I could design the house, and then I had to build it. And I found a company that could build the shell. The house is about 5,000 square feet, so it's a big house, and it's built into the side of the hill, and it's made out of concrete and reinforced um, steel. But what I did is I did 85% of the electrical. I did almost all of the interior woodwork, um, so on and so forth. And I did that to take on the project. Now, before I built the house, I had never even wired a light switch in my entire life. It was all brand new to me. But remember what we were talking about before in our photo reading at 25,000 words a minute? I can go through books as fast as I can turn the pages, and I can suck out of it whatever I need to know so that I can accomplish anything, right? So that's what I did when I built the house. I got all these, I went to the library and I went to the bookstore and photo read all these books on on how to wire a house, how to put electrical into a house, and I hired a master electrician to answer questions when I needed questions, and I built a house. I did most of the work myself. That's pretty fascinating. So I think the owners of bookstores are cringing right now because if you can stand in their aisles and read a book that fast, you don't have to buy it. (laughs) Yeah, but I'll tell you one thing. Um, Photo readers tend to buy more books than anybody else because you end up photo reading (laughs) books at the store and you end up wanting to own them and have them. And back in the early days when we were first developing photo reading, there was a, a bookstore chain called B. Dalton's, and it was based here yeah. in Minneapolis, and they put oh, dozens and dozens of their staff through the photo reading seminars, and they started to think that um, they would have to put up these plexiglass um, sheets in front of all their bookshelves so that people wouldn't photo read the books, kind of like how they used to have CDs and tapes in music yeah. stores. But then they realized that even they themselves were buying more books, and it became something that, um, you know, fo- Bookstores love it when you're in the book photo reading. When you're in the bookstore photo reading. That's really fascinating. So I I believe this whole process about optimizing your memory and you know, I I've heard that doing something you've never done before or taking on something you're passionate about that's not related to the work you do, etc., is really the way to get your brain going. It's not so much sitting in front of the computer and, um, you know, doing the brain teaser programs, etc. And so give us, you know, a little bit of a taste of, you know, what people have to do to learn it besides do something different. And how do you learn this photo reading? Well, it's it's really easy because we're the masters of learning at home and self-learning. So we created um, self-study courses, personal learning courses is what we call them. So 
so that people can easily learn this at home. And we chunk it out into small chunks so it's easy for somebody to go through it at their own pace, whether they want to do half an hour a day for a couple of weeks or just take two Saturdays and go through the course in two mm-hmm. Saturdays. So we try to make it as easy as possible. But the real key is, and this is key for any type of learning that you do, if you want to be able to apply it as soon as you can. So for photo reading, it's not about practicing photo reading, going through the book that fast. It's about using it, using it on your everyday, um, everyday reading material. And it's the same thing with the memory, uh, with the memory optimizer. You know, you can read all about these different techniques, but if you can take on a project, if you can really get engaged with something, that's when your memory can go, you know, go to remarkable heights. But there's other aspects, too. So when I was building the house, I still had to work my 40, 50, 60 hours a week here at Learning Strategies, right? Right. So when I finished work, I'd go out to the property, and I'd have to learn how to shift my brain to turn off and focus really sharp and really quickly. Because if I didn't do that, when I'm wiring a light switch, I could electrocute myself, right? So I learned to focus <laughs> to the exclusion of everything else. And it's been by applying the techniques that we teach in the courses and putting them to the test, getting yourself in the situation where you have no choice but to use whatever it is that you just learned. That's the magic. Okay. So it also occurs to me that you maybe have more time to read all this information overload that we are getting on the Internet, et cetera. And maybe that's not such a good idea, like what's going on in our political world right now. It could make people um, crazy. (laughs) Yes, and that's the reason, that's one of the reasons that, what was that? I said it's just too much. Yeah, there, there is a whole lot out there, but that's also one of the reasons that you've got to do something like read novels like Breakfast, Tea, and Bourbon and go for that, the hunt for the $50,000 treasure because you have to have your diversions. You've got to live a balanced life, and you can't let all the craziness that's going on in the world affect you. You can be aware of it, so on and so forth, but you still want to be able to live a life that is happy and joyous and, and fully engaged with what's going on in your life. And that's what I love about something like um, Breakfast, Tea, and Bourbon, because, yes, it's a novel where you can sit and read, you can have a glass of wine, a glass of bourbon when you're doing it, or a cup of breakfast tea. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Or, you know, you can also get your friends involved and go out. um, You know, I have a book club around the book. We have on our website Breakfast, Tea, and Bourbon under the clubs tab. There's a... Um, guidelines for uh, getting together with your friends for a book club. There's guidelines for life lessons club because there's a lot of lessons, life lessons that are woven through the book. There's guidelines for how to do a treasure hunting club, how to do um, wine, uh, not wine tasting, but bourbon tasting and tea tasting. And it's all about how do you get your friends involved in your life and to do something together because the book is about friendship and these clubs help you create the same type of friends in your life that these folks have created in their lives. So that sounds like a lot of fun. And, you know, people have a hard time these days with finding time. So it sounds like, you know, you're saying people have to make this part of their life a priority. You know, they just have to decide that connecting with others and doing something out of the ordinary is a priority. Yeah, it really is. It's priority and values, and that goes to two of our most popular paraliminal programs. You know, we talked about those earlier. 
One of them is conscious time, and that's to help you really be conscious about how you're spending the time so that you are doing um, stuff in your life that really supports what your, your purpose is, what you want to get out of life. And the, another one that's so popular is called Get Around to It, and that one's about <laughs> procrastination. And the, the interesting thing is with procrastination, if you're putting something off, it's because it's not aligned with your values or it's not a priority for you. This paraliminal helps you either get it in alignment or to change your list of to-dos because you don't have to do everything because it's on your list. You decide uh-huh. what it is that you want to do. Okay. I'm going to switch gears here. So... On the website, I have seen a photo of you hugging a really big frog. What is this? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So remember when I said um, earlier in the conversation about how I wanted to shake up my life, and that's why yes. I did the treasure hunt. Well, at the very same time, I go to Bali with friends, and we stay at this place that, as you walked onto the property, there are these gigantic half-ton, fat-and-happy stone frogs playing Balinese musical instruments. And every day, you know, I was just so enchanted by them, and on the third night, I dreamt that they followed me back to Minnesota and took up residence in a gigantic labyrinth on my property. So I got up, and we all met for breakfast. I told everybody about the dream of the frogs and of the labyrinth. I even sketched out what the labyrinth was from my dream, and I dubbed it the Frogrant. And so we then, <laughs> we then hopped into the van, driving all over Bali, because there's you know, stone carvers all over the place in Bali, yeah. trying to find the cousins to these frogs. We couldn't find them. The really? next night of the night after, uh, two friends, Renata and Roger Hamilton, came over for dinner. We were all telling them about the frogs, and Renata said something I'll never forget. I know a stone carver. And so (laughs) the next thing you know, we're taking pictures of these frogs on the property, um, gave them to the stone carver. He came back with a bid that I could not refuse, and then the frogs ended up being shipped to Minnesota here, and they built this 10,000-square-foot labyrinth on the property that are populated by these eight half-ton frogs, and they're in these vestibules on the labyrinth, or the frogrinth. (laughs) And the frogs make their way into the story. It does? Yes, yes. Yep. The frogs make the, they make their way into the story um, toward the end of the book when all of a sudden um, that starts to come together. You'll go, oh, my goodness. And well, I'm not going to tell you. I was going to tell you a little secret, but I can't tell you. that because That's too much. Oh. Too much. Oh, oh, okay, so listeners are going to have to read the book to figure this part out. Yes. And they look adorable, by the way. They look adorable. Yeah, and they really are. You, they really are. Wow. You know, so good. So, Pete, I know people are going to want to know so much more about Breakfast Tea and Bourbon and about you. So how can they do that? BreakfastTeaAndBourbon.com. That's probably the easiest and best way. On that website there, we have uh, lots of different videos about the book, about me. And even on the Breakfast Tea and Bourbon Facebook page, there are hundreds of posts 
As a matter of fact, the whole story about the frogs and all the photos from Bali and getting them to Minnesota and billing the, the frog rent, they're all on the um, Breakfast Team Bourbon Facebook page and on the Instagram page, too. That's a great way to explore it. That's and the wonderful. book is available everywhere. Um, any of your bookstores, uh, if they don't have it, they can order it for you, but you can also get it online on our website or Amazon or Barnes & Noble. That's fantastic, and it's in both hard copy and yeah, it's hard copy and digital, and you can get it uh, e-books, or you can get it as a Kindle, or you can get it as an iBook, and um, sometime soon, too, it'll be available as an audiobook, but right now it's not available, but I'm sure I'll have a great Law of Attraction story for you about the audiobook. So, <laughs> I, I have wanted no to re- doubt. <laughs> I wanted to... Um, record the audio book myself because I know the story and spelled backwards and forwards and I thought I could weave in a few more clues into the audio book. But when I went into the studio and I listened to the recording, I make all these mouth noises. And when you're listening with headsets on, you don't want to have all those noises (laughs) in between the words. So I fired myself one Tuesday morning. I said, I can't do this. And so that was about 11 o'clock Tuesday morning. A couple hours later, I got an email from a client he said that he read the sample chapter on the Breakfast Tea and Bourbon website, loved the story. He said he's a professional book narrator. He's done 110 books and was wondering if we were going to do an audio book and he'd like to audition for it. So I listened to some of his recordings. They were superb. He did an audition for us. We ended up hiring him. So he's the voice, Vikas Adam, he's the voice on it. And it's all because within a couple hours after you know, we needed a voice for it, he raised his hand. He appeared in my inbox. Isn't that cool? That's fascinating. So, Keith and Annette, thanks for being with us today. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. The book is Breakfast, Tea, and Bourbon, and it is on sale everywhere. Go and find it and hunt for that treasure for $50,000. And remember, everyone, to think big because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 